country's credit worthiness. The implication is that we can depend on that to keep the music playing. That's where I think he's wrong. Our trading partners are quite free to invest elsewhere, and that's just what they'll do when they realize the United States, with $8.5 trillion in funded debt, $50 trillion including unfunded obligations, and persistent budget deficits that add to that figure annually, is no longer credit worthy. It's not as though they are getting higher yields by investing here. Our markets are underperforming all the other major markets in the world, and that's been true for six or seven years now. The continued demand for U.S. government investments among central bankers has its explanation, I think, in robotic bureaucratic momentum. Private foreign investors steer clear. But for Wall Street and its media cheerleaders, who would get killed if trade deficits translated into market pessimism, capital surplus is a term coined in heaven. Another more comprehensive argument that trade deficits are desirable was made in a December 21, 2006, Wall Street Journal op-ed piece titled Embrace the Deficit by Bear Stearns' chief economist, David Malpas. Mr. Malpas writes at some length, but his argument is pretty well summarized in his opening paragraph. For decades, the trade deficit has been a political and journalistic lightning rod, inspiring countless predictions of America's imminent economic collapse. The reality is different. Our imports grow with our economy and population, while our exports grow with foreign economies, especially those of industrial countries. Though widely criticized as an imbalance, the trade deficit and related capital inflow reflect U.S. growth, not weakness. They link the younger, faster-growing U.S. with aging, slower-growth economies abroad. With due respect to Mr. Malpas, I couldn't disagree with him more. Although his point about demographics may have some limited validity, he ignores the fact that underlying the trade deficit is a shrinking manufacturing base and relies heavily on the familiar but erroneous argument that declining savings rates are belied by high household net worth figures, which we know reflect inflated housing and paper asset values. He confuses consumption with growth and credits high competitive yields with attracting foreign investment, when we know major foreign markets outperform ours substantially when exchange rates are factored in. His view of inflation ignores past monetary policy, I could go on, but rather suggest that my entire book is a refutation of his point of view. His article is an exquisite example of Wall Street's self-serving effort to gild the economic lily. In general, the ridiculous notion that American consumption is driving the global economy is regularly reinforced by the mass media. On a recent airing of the Fox News business program Bulls and Bears, the panelists were asked to nominate a person of the year. The unanimous choice, the American shopper. In the same vein, I am always struck by how the televised media characterize the American economy by showing images of sales clerks frantically stocking shelves and shoppers swiping their credit cards. In contrast, the economies of Japan or China are portrayed with images of billowing smokestacks busy production lines, robots assembling, and people actually making things. 
The most amazing part of the farce is that no one even recognizes just how ridiculous these segments are. If Longfellow was right that, whom the gods destroy, they first make mad, we must surely be on the eve of our economic destruction, as we are clearly a nation gone completely insane. Fortunately, there are a few among us who still have their wits about them. Recently, there has been increasing recognition from qualified and impartial opinion leaders that trade imbalances are in fact detrimental and that the resulting dollar decline could have serious consequences. Unfortunately, their cries fall on deaf ears and their warnings go unheeded. In a December 11, 2006, Bloomberg article, former Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan, speaking now as a private citizen, was quoted as telling a business conference in Tel Aviv by satellite that the U.S. dollar will probably keep dropping until the nation's current...